Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. How you guys doing? It's your guy Larry, and you just tuned into Black Nurse Podcast or Black Nurse Biblecast. Today's episode is going to have a few things we're going to be going over. Um, things in court cutter news. I got a few um, articles that I've uh, that I've um, read read from in court cutter news. Also, Samsung Galaxy um, unpacked event will be happening today. Um, that's going to be happening at 11 a.m. today. Um, you can watch it on CNET and probably other uh, areas on online. Also, T-Mobile and Sprint merger will officially be a thing. It will be merging um, as one company now. And just kind of curious, um, what do you guys think about that? I talk a little bit about it. You know, T-Mobile and Sprint merger. What does that mean? Does it mean more competition? So we'll, we'll you know, kind of stay tuned for that. And then also the coronavirus, unfortunately, is um affecting even in the tech industry so mobile world congress will be happening also later this month but unfortunately some of the companies big companies um that uh, may not be participating unfortunately in this event like sony uh sony may not be going as well as vivo as well as a few other big name companies uh possibly that may not be participating in mobile world congress all because of the coronavirus they are they're opting to of course keep you know people safe and and you know not 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 have people exposed to possible to the possible spreading of this um it's it's unfortunate let's keep people in prayer about this and uh hopefully they'll they'll maintain this thing and, and rid rid this thing of it okay also um i'm since it's black history month i am also highlighting a notable um uh achieve achiever or someone that has done something significant in black history um uh, a notable african-american and so in this time um I, I know I highlight a novelist, writer, poet, and um, just um, just a really good uh, individual named by the name of Arna Wendell Bontemp. Um, and so we talk a little bit about him and his achievements and things that he's done, what contributions that he's done for um, us as African-Americans and and people that of color, just not just for us as African-Americans, but for anybody. I think this is also a part of American history. So definitely, definitely stay tuned for that. And, and that way you can, you know, um, learn something about this gentleman. I've um, in previous episodes, I have um, highlighted uh, also two other people one was um bessie coleman she was the first african-american uh female uh pilot as well as uh jesse i want to say jesse leroy brown was his name uh, he was the first african-american african-american male pilot but he was a u.s navy man so he was in the military and became one of the first black men men of color to fly as as well as um there's a, another lady in another episode i did madam cj walker she is also a philanthropist a businesswoman um she was responsible for hair care products, uh, hair care line, just wonderful stuff. I mean, th- again, it, you know, we have a lot of people that um, that are of, of color that we could um, be proud of, of as far as the things that they have done and achievements they have made and contributions in our in our in our country. So, yeah. So I just want to kind of highlight that and I'll be doing a little bit more. So. 
I, you know, just stay tuned of, of the things that I'll be doing. I will be trying to um, at least drop a, a historic, a historic person, um, even some uh, more notable ones, too. I think that I, I'm going to be doing kind of across the board. So. So, yeah, with each episode, I will be doing that. So stay tuned and until then, relax, sit back and enjoy this next episode of Black Nurse Podcast. Hey, as always, I got some news from Cord Cutter News, um, some very interesting articles and developments. Always, always um, remember, I always get a lot of news from uh, Cord Cutter News because um, one is very interesting and I like to share that um, information to you. Some of you that are either um, kind of curious about, you know, what options are out there, what kind of uh, shows and things like that. There's so many uh, different options now as far as watching television and things like that. Things are really changing in the market. So I kind of wanted to just share some notable stuff with you. So if you have Netflix, uh, Netflix has announced that they are have extended a deal with the actors uh, Adam Sandler and Happy Madison Production to bring four more films to the streaming platform. Since whether you know him as Sandman, The Waterboy, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Nick Spitz, or simply Adam, one thing is clear, our members can't get enough of him, said Ted Sarandos. Netflix chief content officer. They love his stories and his humor as we saw it with Murder Mystery. So I could not be more excited to extend our partnership with Adam and the Happy Madison team and deliver more laughs around the world. According to Netflix, viewers have spent 2 billion hours watching Sandler films on the service since 2015. Uncut Gems, Sandler's most recent critically acclaimed film, will be coming to Netflix in the U.S. this May after premiering on the streaming service globally um, outside of the U.S. on January 31st. Later this year, Sandler will star in the Netflix family film Hubby or Hubie Halloween alongside Karen James, Julie Bowen, Ray, Ray, uh, excuse me, Ray Liotta, Maya Rudolph, Rob Schneider, Kenan Thompson, or Kenan Thompson, excuse me, Tim uh, uh, Busimi, uh, Michael uh, Chiklis, Tim Meadows, Noah Snap, Paris Barrack, um, China, and McLean, and Shaquille O'Neal, and has animated feature. Um, and has animated feature film that he will write, produce, and star in as the as a voice actor in the work at the studio. So, quite a bit. Um, so, obviously, this is an animated movie um, with voice acting in it. So, good looking forward to that. So, yeah, if you're an Adam Sandler fan, like it says, you know, Adam Sandler has been, man, such an awesome um, um, actor, you know, his, his, in, in my opinion, his movies really hasn't gotten a lot of, um, big, um, like notoriety, but a lot of people like him. I, I personally, I like him. I did see Uncut Gems. I thought it was pretty good. It, it was kind of, 
it's kind of one of those stories you got to really pay attention to, you know, um, very interesting role that he played because he normally doesn't play these type of roles. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I went to the theater to go see Uncut Gems. And, yeah, I would say, you know, wait for it to come out on Netflix. You know, I'm I'm sure it's still running at the theaters at some point. But, yeah, wait for it to come out on Netflix when it comes. I'm sure, you know, you'll still enjoy it. So. Um, so the next uh, notable thing that I read in Court Cutter News is Apple TV channels are ads um, a A and E Crime Central. So some of the people, some of the uh, shows that are A and E will be like Dog the Bounty Hunter is on there. So Apple TV app has added A and E Crime Central channel and its channel sec- section. The news was shared by a Reddit user. Who posted a screenshot from Apple and the Crime Central will cost $4.99 a month after a free trial. So look for shows um, including Scared Straight, 60 Days in, in and Cold Case Files along with more true crime programming. The channel includes documentaries, unscripted series, biographies and more. So H, um, Apple channels can be found in the Apple TV app. Um, through Apple channels, you can subscribe to specific channels and premium streaming services from HBO and Showtime to uh, MTV Hits and Comedy Central. One highlight of using Apple channels to subscribe to services is that you can watch online or offline on your iPhone, iPad or iPod Touch. You can download select TV shows and movies from a from from a channel in the Apple TV app. Okay, to watch offline, just find a show or movie you want and tap in the down um, and tap the download icon. You'll find download content under the library tab on the Apple TV app. So, what do you guys think about this? There's so much more to watch, and yeah, for Apple fans, this is, it sounds like this is coming. Um, just to Apple right now. I think um, eventually they'll be coming to the other devices too. But um, yeah, so Apple TV. If you have an Apple TV um, um, system in your house, yeah, this is awesome. Also, let's talk about Pluto TV. One of my favorite free streaming services actually is Pluto TV. I really brag about Pluto TV a lot. I suggest all everybody get Pluto TV because it's free. So let's read a little bit about that free streaming service. Pluto TV has partnered with Vita International, a subsidiary subsidiary of Hisense for the multi-year deal. The partnership will bring Pluto TV's platform to with 250 live linear curated and, and branded partner channels to Hisense a new Vita platform across the United States, Europe, and Latin America for free. Beginning in spring of 2020, Pluto TV will integrate with the Vita platform, allowing customers to start viewing right out of the box. Pluto also announced that all new Hisense TVs being sold in the U.S. and Mexico will feature a dedicated branded uh, Pluto TV button. This allows viewers to navigate the Pluto TV on Vita with one click. Partnering with Hisense and Vita aligns uh, 
perfectly with our goals, accelerating our mission uh, to entertain the planning, states Brandon uh, Thompson, Thomas, Vice President Distribu- Distribution Pluto TV. The global reach of Hisense newly realized Vita platform will effortly, effortlessly bring free premium TV to millions of viewers in dozens of countries across the globe, all with just one click. Okay. Currently, Pluto TV has over 20 million monthly subscribers or users, I should say, around the world and additional countries set to have access to spring. Pluto TV Latam, L-A-T-A-M, on Hisense Vita will also launch this spring across 17 countries, including Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, um, Colombia, Costa Rica, Dominican uh, Republic, Ecuador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Paraguay, El Salvador, and and Uruguay, and and Venezuela. The installation across the EU will happen later in 2020. Our goal is to provide the best free content locally in every market on our Vita platform. Partnering with Pluto TV is is a perfect match. Okay, um, um, adding dedicated button, adding dedicated button on Hisense TVs and Vita platform is another step that users can use to uh, Pluto TV with just one click. The newest range of Hisense ULED TVs with Vita platform combines leading technology, Dolby Vision HDR, and Dolby Atmos with key picture technology creating uh, what the company describes as a cinematic experience. The, the next generation of popular Hisense ULED TVs uh, features its proprietor, proprietary uh, smart TV operating system, Vita U4. So what do you guys think about this? It's pretty awesome. You know, again, Pluto TV is just it's just growing and growing and growing. I have to honestly say. And not only that, but it's becoming more popular. And as you see now, it's spreading across internationally, being on a Vita platform. Just going to be awesome. I just I like I said, I can't say enough about Pluto TV, man. I mean, for 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 something that is totally free, you can't be free. You just simply can't, you know, and 250 channels is nothing to sneeze at. Ever want to know, ever want to find something to watch, some old school stuff, some classic stuff, even some some more current things. You can go on Pluto TV and it's what's so awesome about it. It's a CBS affiliate. So now it's it's like part of the CBS Viacom family. So speaking of Viacom and CBS, we're um, they're going to be launching a new um, a new streaming service with content uh, um, from Pluto TV, Nick Par- Nick Paramount, and more. Let's read that read that up real quick. It says now that Viacom and CBS have merged, okay, which no, which I I, I knew this was going to happen. They have big plans to be a strong competitor in streaming. The media company has plans to create a new streaming service that will incorporate all of its assets, including Pluto TV. Nickelodeon, BET, MTV, Comedy Central, and Paramount Pictures, sources told CNBC today. While no plans have been solidified by Viacom CBS yet, the sources did say that there would be likely a free tier as well as a paid tier for services, noting that the price will be around 10, uh, the $10 mark. 
with the success of CBS All Access breaking their record for signups last month and around the premiere of Star Trek Picard and the growth of the free streaming service Pluto TV, Viacom CBS could be in a strong position to become a stronger force in streaming. The source told CNBC that the company uh, plans to keep all existing streaming services going, but will encourage subscribers to upgrade to the new service with more content at a reasonable price, much like the strategy we're seeing with, with HBO Max. The company has no, no shortage of content uh, to bring to a new service. Among the assets owned by Viacom CBS are sports, movies, scripts, unscripted TV, and kids uh, content from Nickelodeon, Nick Jr., Teen Nick, and Noggin. According to CSNBC report, Viacom CBS will offer more details during their quarter fourth earning call, which is scheduled for February the 20th. We'll, um, we'll be covering um, all co- covering that call and we'll share details as we learn more. So yeah, pretty awesome news. Um, lots more to look forward to on that. Um, yeah, so, and then, um, from, from, uh, CBS, let's go to NBC. NBC is also doing some things with their, uh, upcoming streaming service, uh, Peacock. So it says when NBC Universal, uh, share details about the content viewers would find on Peacock, um, the company mentioned that those why, those why pay for a subscription when you can have Early access to NBC late night shows. Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show and Seth Meyer Late Night Show or Late Night would air starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the service. Ahead of its ahead of the launch of the service this summer, NBC Universal hasn't commented on whether the TV stations that air NBC programming have voice concerns that their early airing would be in conflict with their programming schedule. Variety reports that that there may be a deal in place that ensures stations will get paid and this new distribution plan. According to a source uh, for, for Variety, the affiliates will benefit from any success NBCU will uh, has with the airing late uh, airing the late night shows early the source says there is a board of executives from the stations in contract or contact with NBCU and that the two have be, been in ongoing con- conversations about participation the early airing of the two late night shows are set to begin in July uh, when, when the premium pay tier of Peacock is made available to, to all subscribers so yeah this could be a problem you know if uh if like nbc peacock if they begin to start to show like the late late show or the late night show normally (laughs) around that time to be honest with you i'm in bed sleep but um but yeah um you know this could pose a problem though so uh, again this is 
This is what happens when you have streaming services and a lot of times they're taking shows that you would normally see on the on the networks. And normally the networks, you know, they're going to be suffering because right after the news, sometimes in some cities you have the 11 o'clock news and you have the late night shows. Well, according to this on Peacock, you're going to be able to watch your late night shows, your Jimmy Fallon and uh, what's the other one? I can't remember his name, but uh, like I said, I'm going to sleep around that time. So <laughs> I might catch it on youtube or something like that but just the mere fact that you can actually get the show early before it airs at 11 it's like to me it's a game changer for customers but you know again there's people that or the cb uh, nbc excuse me nbc i'm sure they're not they're not too happy with that so we'll see how they work it out though eventually they'll, they'll have to work it out because streaming services are here i know they're not going anywhere they're making money they're getting views they're getting more people that are that are actually cutting the cable cord or or the satellite uh satellite subscription service to this new model and it, it's becoming a more um more um user-friendly model too you know we got so much to so much variety out there now before it was just a few but now we have tons tons and seem like there's a, getting new announcements almost every month about a new streaming service that somebody is working on so anyways let me know what you guys think let me know what you think in the comment section um is these are any of these interesting to you um are you a cord cutter do you do you look for new content and new uh streaming service definitely uh go get that pluto tv though don't sleep on that that is a wonderful um little channel that you can actually access it through your phone you can access it through your tablet um pluto tv like i said it's it's it started off kind of wonky a little bit but now it's you know it seems like it's starting to really clean up and the interface looks wonderful it's got this grid looks like a cable grid or or guide and it's pretty awesome so again you know um if you don't have it man what are you waiting for it's totally free all right i'll talk to you later bye Okay, so there are there's also some uh, news out of the tech uh, tech news today that I wanted to mention. Um, this one is regarding uh, T-Mobile and Sprint. So for a while, you know, we've we've been we've been knowing that there's been going to be a merger between the two big companies, uh, T-Mobile and Sprint. So um, it, it's been you know it's been a long time coming. I think it, it went through a few um, uh, through through a few resistant walls um through some of the states it hasn't been just smooth um so what they're what they're saying is tomorrow will be the day that the um this will become really official now um uh, like i said it had to have it had to go through some some uh i guess the judges in certain states had to approve it um but there has been plenty of resistance um in this in this uh, that I've been hearing for a while and uh, until before it became a, or will be, become official. So the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal both have reported about it, talking about it right here. It says the judge this is expected to rule in favor of T-Mobile and Sprint in the lawsuit that attempted to stop the industry uh, charge, uh, excuse me, changing merger. It says that um 
Beige, that should finally allow T-Mobile and Sprint to combine um, to take on AT&T and Verizon, so the, the FCC or the Federal Communications Commission and the Department of Justice have already approved the deal that's basically a $26.5 billion deal in this. So what does this really mean? It's saying that said, um, right now it says it means that we may finally see or finally see if the combined company will be as good as T-Mobile and Sprint have promised, or if there be less competition than ever. So T-Mobile and Sprint have T-Mobile and Sprint have maintained since the merger was announced that the deal will create competition, lower price, create American jobs, and let combined companies create a strong 5G network. The lawsuit filed, uh, which was in last last June of 2019. Um, it says by 10 state attorney generals that basically they were opposing this, um, opposing this, this merger. Um, so now it says here, it says 10, the T-Mobile and Sprint did agree to create more competition by creating the fourth, uh, wireless carrier that will be run by dish. So we haven't seen or heard too much about dishes plan, but, um, it is supposed to take on, um, the rival of Boost Mobile, okay, currently owned by Sprint, and combine it with Spectrum that it already owns, which to going to be making a 5G network. T-Mobile will also let Dish use its own uh, its network. It says for the next seven years, as Dish builds up its network. Uh, so it says, um, but antitrust people, experts say that, um, which is a, 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 in opposition to this, is unlikely that Dish will actually be a viable competitor and historically similar uh, types of commitments uh, from huge telecom mergers haven't exactly planned planned out or panned out excuse me so what do you guys think about this um, is this something how, you know I think the biggest the biggest takeaway from this right now is is the fact of whether or not, this T-Mobile Sprint deal, is it going to be better for T-Mobile customers? Um, T-Mobile, yeah, T-Mobile customers, is it going to be better? Um, I know that Sprint, I guess what T-Mobile, what, what are the two companies getting out of this? So what T-Mobile is getting, T-Mobile, I believe, is getting uh, from Sprint a, you know, more uh, towers, uh, better way to um, be able to have their their 5g inner 5g um uh signal um that they're that they're pushing for and uh sprint has been around a lot longer of course than t-mobile but i think that uh you know over the over the years sprint has becoming becoming more less of a competitor um in the big big market so um for T-Mobile to this is more I think this is more of an attempt that T-Mobile wanted to buy or merge with Sprint than it was Sprint merging with T-Mobile but you know all in all you know it's still about um I don't think it's I don't know if it's so much about so much about um it is I guess in a way when you think about it, it is kind of like competition um, especially if you're trying to go up against the likes of AT&T and Verizon, um, just still being a strong number three. And I, I, you know, even still, you know, I think that T-Mobile, um, they're very aggressive. 
a very aggressive company and and you have to be in this market um but i still feel like even after the t-mobile merger with sprint they're still going to be a strong number three they will never they won't they're at this point they're not number two um i don't expect them to be number two um again at&t and verizon has been uh dominating the market and, and the people that are opposing this uh you know it I think the reason why they did this, and if you watch this very carefully, you know, like it says in the in this article here, they were talking about a possible making a fourth company, and, and see that was what was a what was before this merger happened. You had you had AT and T, you had Verizon, you had T Mobile, and then you had Sprint. But now that T Mobile and Sprint are merging, you know now they're now now they're talking about creating a fourth one, which is Dish. And Dish, you know, it, it's it's this re- that that that's going to be really interesting to see exactly what. Uh, what's going to come of that because this was something to me that it just like threw this thing together and uh it's going to be i don't know it seemed like this company just created itself so this is a you know some of you know this being a satellite company um it may possibly start to look at more home internet options and that's one of the big trends that i think that's getting ready to happen is that the mobile companies um of course you know there's a huge push for 5g uh 5g mobile and uh 5g internet you know going from 4g to 5g so you know t-mobile's already they're already announcing that they have 5g i personally uh i've seen a few videos about what that really means it doesn't so much mean that there's actual real real 5g but there's like a uh, not not so much the speed but you're getting the signal um whether or not the speed is actually there um that that's remains to be said and then not only that but you have to have a 5g phone it's not going to just 5g is not going to appear on your phones you know right now it, you know right now we still have a ways to go um like at&t and and verizon both of them um they're testing out 5g as well so it's not like they're you know like to say there's a new samsung galaxy phone already that that's a 5g dedicated 5g phone um as well and and you know again that's another thing i was saying about you know who leads the charge in this well you know everybody's trying to rustic out there to be on 5g um i think the big thing to watch though is who's coming with a more of a home internet option I think that um, because we have the likes of Comcast and and satellite has really been the dominant dominant companies and and, and really when you want to talk about monopolizing, um, I feel that right now if you it, it all depends on what state and part of the nation that you live in, you know over here in the West is always either Comcast Comcast or Xfinity or you know AT and T Uverse, but most of the customers in the west already they, they all have either comcast which is it's really locking them down into that home internet 
But I think that with the rise of mobile services and the push for 5G, we're going to get more options when it comes to that that mobile, that mobile Internet. And I'm curious about that. There's a few companies that is putting their hat in the ring to to really uh, have this come to 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 be in a thing like um, I think I heard Amazon is doing something, you know, there there's going to be uh, there's a SpaceX type uh, thing that I've been hearing that they're low orbit uh, satellites to create more of a, a usable internet. Um, I think we really need that. That's that's what's really important to me is stronger internet, um, um, having it more accessible. We need more internet uh, speed, make that speed better for us because there's a lot of devices now that we are using currently there's a lot of devices that are entering our homes we got the the smart home speakers that are now in there and these assistants and then you have like just a number of things that that uses wi-fi you know just just think of all the stuff that in your home that uses wi-fi right now or going to be using wi-fi you know you got your, your smart locks smart lights uh, your televisions even got some got Wi-Fi integrated in those uh, tablets, uh, your phone, you know, use your phone for Wi-Fi as well. Um, there's a number of things, you know, fire sticks, even fire sticks, as well as the Roku, Roku's and Google Chromecast, you know, all these devices and among even even your your uh, your games, you know, like your Xbox, your, you know, your PlayStation, your Nintendo Switch, all those, they all use Wi-Fi, all of it. So, so think of that. Think of on the average home of what the average home is using now, the devices that are being, that are in your home. To me, that is more, I'm, I'm more curious to see how, you know, this is going to eventually uh, have an effect on home internet. And, and that's, that's, I think that I know they're out there working on it right now. Um, So I'm curious about that. That's that's my more um, big, big focus on on that. But, yeah, what do you guys think about this merger? I think this merger, you know, again, it's going to be interesting. I don't I personally I'm a T-Mobile customer. Um, T-Mobile has been as far as the service, as far as the quality of of service I get. I can't complain about it. I can't complain about it. I, I mean, yeah, T-Mobile, T-Mobile, the company, um, it, it's a very aggressive company. And I see it as this is T-Mobile's move more than uh, Sprint. I mean, Sprint, yeah, you know, uh, and what what I guess, too, before I forgot to mention what Sprint, I feel what Sprint is getting out of the deal is more of the customer base. There's a lot more people, a lot more customers on T-Mobile that I believe that are that are on T-Mobile than they are at Sprint. I might be wrong in that, but that's how I feel. So what do you guys think about it? You guys agree with me? You guys disagree with me? Um, what is your focus on that? Are you looking forward to a Sprint merger? Um, do, you, do you think it's going to make the service better or make it worse or, or whatever? Are you concerned about competition? You know, um, you know, again, you know, one of the biggest things is competition out here. So, you know, I think that the more the more uh, options that customers have, it does drive competition. It, dr- it does drive the companies that are out here to, to perform better, to, to have better customer service and their, and their expectation for them to become better should be. So what do you guys think about that? Leave me your comments in there. Stay tuned for the next article that I that I bring up.
Hey, so good morning, guys. So um, this morning, uh, Samsung will be having a Samsung Galaxy or Samsung Unpacked um, event. That will be happening today, um, as a matter of fact. Um, so I had some information on uh, the event. Um, I haven't really been talking too much about this event coming up here. Um, but it's been the uh, only reason why it's because it's been pretty much a lot of just rumors about the um, the new Galaxy phones. Um, so I want to kind of go over um, just some of the things that they, that's been coming coming out. They've been pretty tight lipped on most of the information. I mean, there are leaks, but. Uh, yeah, this this is basically uh, based on the leaks that we've been getting. So uh, so far, they're gonna be there will be announced. Uh, they call it a Samsung's Galaxy Z Flip phone. Okay. Um, also, the new uh, Galaxy they're calling it a Gal- Samsung's Galaxy S twenty. Um, basically, make or break moment um, this time. So in other words, really gonna have to see. We're really gonna see what Samsung um, is going to be bringing to the table on this, um, this the, S, the S20. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about that myself. I, you know, I'm not sure exactly, um, you know, what, what exactly, you know, what, what uh, the S20, how, how more, how better it will be than the, than the previous Galaxy line. Also, Samsung's Galaxy uh, Buds also, Buds Plus, from what I hear, the name is going to be. Um, so let's see here. I want to read this article. Um, it's through the Verge, and um, here's what they what they expect. It says from Samsung's Galaxy S20 event, which will be uh, today at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? And um, so according to this here, um, there will be, again, like I was saying, at the top of the billing is almost certainly its flagship Samsung Galaxy S20 series of smartphones, uh, but there's also a foldable Galaxy Z Flip and a new pair of true wireless earbuds. So beyond the announcements, it says we're sure we'll see. There's still a chance that Samsung may, might have something to, to surprise us at the show. So persistent rumors over the past couple of weeks have claimed that we could see the company announce the, a release date for one of the long delayed Bixby powered smart speakers. Um, there's always a chance it said that Samsung might have another surprise announcement up its sleeve even if it lacks uh, lack even if the lack of leaks make it pretty um seem pretty unlikely um so it said the there's the regular uh, galaxy s20 the larger s20 plus of course you know normally they do have a large size and then there's a premium version the s20 ultra uh, which appears going to be replacing the s10 5g from 2019 so um uh, let's see here so 
they're they're um, of course they made the like it says they made the jump from the S11 through S19. So basically going from an S10 to S20. Um. So yeah. So um, as as we you know approach this event, um, I think that. I don't know. I, I I'm kind of I'm kind of curious as to, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be a big, wowing type announcement. Um, I know that the Galaxy line has had its share of, um, you know, it's it has its share of ups and downs. I think that for the most part, Samsung has has been they've been pretty decent. I guess um, I still have not. Uh, purchase a, a Samsung Galaxy for a good while. I'm still rocking the LG myself. Um, let's see. I'm trying to go through some of the specs to find out what they're expecting from it. Um, it looks like, from what I'm, I've been reading here, um, they're 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 expected to be using Qual, uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon 865 chipset. Um, which is uh, to to pair with the 5G modem out of necessity, and uh, let's see what else is saying. Samsung will use its uh, Ex- Exonos uh, 990 processor, which comes with both the 4G and 5G modem. Um, also, I'm, I'm curious about the display. Let's see. Um, 1080p there may be um, maybe a 1080p screen should be more well yeah I guess 1080p is kind of normal now uh, meaning that you'll get you'll be limited to 60 hertz if you set your phone to 1440p and then oh and that's a big this is a big thing too that they were mentioning about the whole the whole punch notch um, also is moved from the right of the screen to the center similar to what um, they saw in the note 10 now um, I, I really personally think that the the selfie cameras the the selfie camera which is what they're talking about the the um, front-facing camera moving that to the center um, I think that's a better look um, I know that we've we've getting we're, phones are getting to where now they're trying to take out the entire bezel so you'll have like a 100 100 you know screen real estate that means no 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 black bar at the top or the bottom and where does that put the the camera at well normally that's where it, you know normally the camera would would be within that that top bar um but now since they're really pushing to ha- not have no black bar at the top or the bottom um they're trying to the, you know that still kind of leaves your your camera hole or camera exposed so now they're trying to see if they can try to at least put that in the middle so yeah um i can't wait to see this i guess i'm, I'm you know i'm gonna be uh, i'm definitely going to be checking it out and and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, I'll give you some more information as I, I get it get uh, as we get um, as I get a chance to look at the the video today uh, the presentation. I'm sure it's going to be online. Um, 
they're also saying, let me see, there's other specs that I'm seeing. The Galaxy uh, S20 Ultra is rumored to be named uh, having a bigger battery, battery, which is good, a 5,000 milliamp battery, a larger screen, 6.9 inch screen um, with a 16 gigabit, gigabits of RAM. Um, so that's going to be good. A um, And it's also talking about the camera features. Um, so camera features with centers on Samsung's ridiculously high resolution one 108 megapixel sensor um, is going to have offering a new 100 times zoom mode called space zoom. Um, so, yeah, so <laughs> phones are getting to the place where I I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm wondering whether or not. Our phones, uh, as far as tech tech uh, specs um, in these phones, are they plateauing? Are, are they getting to the point where they're they're it's going to get as as good as it gets? You know what I'm saying? Um, that's what I'm curious about. Now we know that I think it was last year, or year before last, they came out with the the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Um, this one here, um, there's a rumor, the rumored, uh, phone that we will see also other than the S 20 will be the, they call it the, they're going to call it the galaxy Z flip. Um, so this one here, um, it, it, instead of it folding, um, sideways, it will fold more horizontal. Um, so that's, I'm kind of, uh, fold that basically they're saying it folds down. To be more compact, much like a Motorola Razor, um, and this one here, um, they're saying that it's going to have an OLED display, um, and it's thought to be around 6.7 inches, with an exceptional uh, 22.9 aspect ratio screen. Um, the specs on there, um, there's they're they're saying that it's rumored to have a Snapdragon uh, 855 plus processor, eight gigabytes of RAM, and 256 gigabytes of internal storage. Um, doesn't look like right now that we get you're getting a three. Uh, uh, looks like you're not getting a headphone jack and may not support 5g um the retail price for this will be would be fourteen hundred dollars um yeah um the more you know compare it they compare it to the motorola razor razor uh, for basically fifteen hundred dollars and the galaxy fold was it was basically close to two thousand dollars one one thousand nine hundred eighty dollars Wow, man. Um, now let's let's move toward. I'm gonna move toward the Galaxy Buds. Um, they are suggesting that it may have longer battery life, 11 hours of battery life compared to the six that it used to have. Um, dual driver design, um, which should result in better sound quality. They're saying, and um, what else that I was reading here. So yeah, it, it's it's not giving us too much on that. So basically, they'll probably name, name it Galaxy Buds Plus to kind of differentiate from regular Gal- Galaxy Buds. Um, I'm not sure how well those actually did. I, I I remember seeing a review 
on them and they I don't know it just didn't seem like it 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 was like really really good I don't know so now there is also a rumor of another product called the Galaxy Home Mini Um, (laughs) oh excuse me I'm sorry guys um could be released in February February 12th they're saying which would be the next day um and this one here um I guess the Galaxy Home was initially announced back in 2018 uh was delayed and then it continued to be delayed so this one it's a it's like a smart speaker but they're calling it um Galaxy Home Mini which is apparently coming out earlier this year so I guess the date is February 12th um, um, let's see. They may announce Galaxy Watch Active 2 as well as Galaxy Fit. Um, so th- those are the, some of the things that they are potentially may announce during this, during, during this event. So, hey, so right now, um, they've been pretty much keeping this kind of on the hush. Um, let's, let's hope. Let's hope that uh, I guess if you're looking forward to a Galaxy, uh, the new Galaxy phone line, uh, let's hope that uh, let's hope that uh, we'll see what 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 it what things look like. Uh, but it sounds like they've been uh, they've been pretty they've been pretty hush on this time. This this hasn't been to be honest with you. This this event has not really been. Uh, trending really big and so and, and I know there's been a lot of other things that's been going on in the news as far as tech is concerned um, yeah they, there's you know like I said there's not there hasn't really been um, a lot of a lot of things that that has been really you know really trending as, as big so uh, what do you guys think about this? Are you looking forward to it? Are you looking forward to are, are you a Samsung Galaxy phone user? Um, I used to be. Um, I still think Samsung's Samsung Galaxies are, are wonderful. They've had their problems, you know, but for the most part, I mean, I think you're getting a, a pretty decent quality phone. I just have not. They just haven't, in my opinion, it seemed like they just haven't really been like like really trending big and, and and not just say just samsung in general i think most of most of tech right now um kind of is at a place in my opinion that it's it's plateauing you know you got your 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 flagship in your in your uh the flagship in your say your android phones and then you have the flagship now in your ios phones um the top the top of the line iphone and the top of the line uh, Android. So, I mean, you you can't really expect too much more. I know that their their innovation has to continue to move forward. The biggest thing right now that I that I can see that I've seen, you know, uh, anything making the news is it's more foldables. Foldables are are starting to become like the thing that I think companies are more experienced experimenting with. So, like the uh, the Motorola Razor, um, um, that, that phone, it, it just, I don't know it, it right now. I, I feel like, and I said this before and, and, and honestly, I've still 
feel the same way, even with the Galaxy uh, Fold coming out and it had its problems and then it, and then it came out again. So now I guess from what I understand, it's, it's more successful. My my thing is, unless we're getting a, a ton of more foldables where this is becoming a a trend or not just a trend, but more than just a a just a hype thing to where, you know, this is something different. Um, that's the thing. If it, it's not, it's foldable. So more on the design level of a phone. So, and I think that's part of the reason why I, I feel I'm not really as, um, invested in getting a, a foldable because my question, my question as a consumer has to be, why do I need one? Because uh, as as far as foldables are concerned, I think it's more of a design issue than more of a tech issue. It's 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 not doing anything different than than a regular phone that's coming out. That's even in this Galaxy event that you'll probably see. You know, there will be the the Z Flip, um, but you know what does it do that's so different than say the s20 that you're going to get that you'll see so you know again that, those are the questions that i always have when i look at you know foldables i think they're they're wonderful looking phones and they're neat but i feel like i don't have to have them especially for the price that they're asking for so if they're if they're asking for like say the galaxy flip for like 14 which is close to fifteen hundred dollars and, and then you know you got still got the galaxy fold that's like uh, close to two thousand dollars I mean, is it is it only because it's a flip? It's only because of it being a foldable screen, or I mean, is the tech so much far advanced? The specs that are that are in this phone so much far advanced. I mean, of course, it has to be able to do something different. Of course, being a foldable, but not that much different than you would say the 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 ultra that may be coming out as well. So. I don't know. I just kind of curious. And then another thing, and I hate to always say this, but it, it is somewhat true in the in the in the mobile industry right now. When when bigger companies like say Apple, and Apple comes out and they have they say, okay, we're we're now coming out with a foldable phone. They seem to lead the charge. Apple not yet or has not yet come out with a foldable phone. And until they come out with a foldable phone, it's really not going to be the thing that everybody should be. Is everybody's going to be rushing out to to buy? Anytime Apple comes out on the scene and they comes out with, say, a, a bigger uh, a bigger phone or you know uh, different types of specs that wasn't in the other phones before, that becomes a thing that everybody chases after. Apple seems to always tend to set the standard. Um, in the mobile space, um, when it comes to their phones and iPhones and stuff, there seems to be they seem to be the ones that always do that. If they want to set a trend, you know, the other companies, you know, Huawei or um, let's say you know Samsung, LG, uh, uh, one one uh, what's it one plus, um, and 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 the others, you know, Motorola, even, you know, they all seem to 
watch what Apple does. You know, the Apple Watch was an example of that. You know, um, you know, just just having just having the Apple Watch come out. You know, they said, oh, now it's okay to have a, a, a watch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But once it came out, then then that's when it became. You know, oh, okay. Let's see what Apple's going to do. See, and Apple has always one thing that I will, must say is that Apple has led trends when it comes to trends when it comes to what the other companies are going to do if apple says it's okay to do then the rest of them they'll follow but if if they get ahead of apple you know what i'm saying to set a trend then sometimes it always doesn't seem to work or it doesn't make doesn't make good sense so you know, just kind of curious about what you think. What you What do you think about this? Am I, you know, are you, you know, do you think I'm, um, I got a point here on on saying that, or what do you guys think about that? So leave me your comments, and um, yeah, so I'll be checking out the Unpacked event anyway, and seeing what what Galaxy, what the Samsung series is gonna gonna be uh, looking like, and uh, let me know. Let me know if it. And and what do you? And also one more thing. What do you? What do you think the price point? Now I'm curious about that. What do you think the price point of the S20 is gonna be? Um, I, I've always, uh, I've always looked at, you know, it's just like a, a, a regular, probably a 6.5 inch screen to a 6.7 inch screen. And, uh, you know, are we getting like, like I said, uh, what is the, the battery life? That's, that's important to me as well. But the price of this, the price of this phone, is it going to be anywhere like, say you know 1500 or more or or you know what we've already breached we've already breached the ceiling of the thousand dollar phone now so it's almost like you know they're kind of getting us used to this is how much you're gonna pay for a brand new phone and and my thing is are we as as a customer base are we going to get used to a thousand dollar phones now granted you know like i tell people all the time i don't think nobody's going to slam a thousand dollars in there not unless they just have it in a credit card or something but you don't have you know money like that to burn to just throw a thousand dollars at least not the average you know what i'm saying i mean not unless you you get in a phone plan which is what most people do you know if they're if they're sprint customers or if they are verizon customers you know they'll, they'll go in there and, and they'll add they'll finance their handset fee and all that stuff so you know let me know what you guys think let me know if you, if you guys are even interested in what samsung is going to do if you guys are then yeah definitely definitely you know, tune into my next video where i'll probably talk about i'm more than likely i'll be talking about you know the the new samsung uh, at this time, we'll know by the, the official name, uh, Samsung S20. So I'll, I'll, I'll be recording the next time on it. And uh, yes, just stay tuned for what I what the what that'll be. Okay, so did you know that um, the corona the coronavirus has been trending for a while? Um, it's been a huge thing out of China. Uh, I think the latest uh, numbers that I got, um, unfortunately, it's uh, about a thousand lives have have uh, have died as a result of this uh, coronavirus. Very very. Um, 
this is a very big thing. Um, I, I, first of all, before reading this article, um, I really, really hope that they get this under control. Um, we, you know, here in the United States, uh, we haven't had a, a lot of uh, cases, but there's enough. And this is coming, you know, there's a number of ways that this thing is being spread. Now, um, there's been couple of stories about from the t- from the amount of people that are sick in China um, you know they're they're you know kind of shutting you know certain things down so that you know this they can quarantine people you know to kind of like c- capture this thing before it gets out of control um, and this is this is really this is a really big thing you know people they have to be careful everybody you know you see the you see the the news coverage on this, um, they're in masks and stuff like that. It's just horrible, just a horrible thing. And this is leaking out of China. So there's one thing if it's just in China, and I'm not saying I'm, I shouldn't say it in that way. That if it's just their their thing where it's coming from them, it's it it people are dying. Period. No matter whether they're in China or not, um, people are dying. We're talking a thousand um, lives died because of this virus and this is kind of this is not cool um it's starting to to to, like i said it's been over here in the united states we've had a few cases already um some places even uh, as far as the west coast of the united states and california we've had a few cases here in california I've, i've heard um i think there's one in washington one in new york or or maybe a couple of cases in new york so the people that 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 have been reported to have this virus um, have either, you know, come from, of course, they come from China or they might have come from having a trip or being, you know, being on a trip uh, um, coming from these these places. But, yeah, you got to be careful, man. And, and then not only that, but um, the crew, there's a cruise ship, a uh, couple of cruise ships that had to. Uh, they couldn't let people off because uh, there was reported that they there was either people or a couple of people that had the coronavirus there on the ship, and they had to you know they 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 had to delay the ship from docking or or having people you know come you know get off the ship because of that. So they had to quarantine the entire boat. So that's this is crazy. But the reason why I brought this up because uh, Mobile World Congress, which is a a uh, it's an event that that happens every year um, highlighting or talking about the latest in mobile technology, whether it be your phones, tablets, uh, laptops, things like that. A lot, everything has to do with mobile. And so Mobile World Congress, it always happens, normally happens in like Barcelona, Spain. And I'm kind of and I was kind of surprised to, to see this article in a way because it is actually going to have a fit. The, the coronavirus is actually going to have an effect on Mobile World Congress, unfortunately. And so uh, they're saying trade show uh, bans visitors who've recently been to China. So and again, you know, if you if you're a traveler, you know, you've been to China and then you're trying to go to an event like this, a Mobile World Congress. Yeah, there chances are you you may not be able to go now. There's uh, several companies, uh, according to this article, uh, company Intel, who is the uh, more you recognize them for uh, computer computer chips and and 
you know, the tech, you know, for Intel and then Vivo, Vivo also, it says join Sony and Amazon, uh, withdrawals from Mobile World Congress due to coronavirus risk. Okay. So yeah, this is even hap. This is even affecting, um, events like this. So just because, you know, it's talking about tech, you know, a lot of people go to these events, a lot of companies and things, you know, and this draws a lot of, uh, not only does it draw a lot of attention, but it also draws a lot of people that are, you know, even even regular YouTubers that that I know that they travel to 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 do media for these events. And I'm sure they're if they're not going, they're probably, you know, it stands a good reason. But, um, yeah, according to this here. Uh, Intel, Vivo, and NTT uh, Docomo uh, are joining Sony and Amazon, it says, and others um, who have canceled their presence um, at the Mobile World Congress 2020 due to coronavirus. Now, LG, ZTE, NVIDIA, and, Eric, and Ericsson, okay, have already canceled various events um, they, that were set to take place at, at uh, Mar. Uh, Marble Mobile World Congress MWC in Barcelona, which is the biggest mobile technology trade show on the on the annual calendar. So TCL also announced it would not be holding a press conference at the show, but company still plans to attend. Um, the safety and well-being of all of our employees and partners are at the top and uh, top priority, and we have withdrawn from this year's Mobile World Congress out of the, an abundance of caution, said Intel spokesperson in a statement published by VentureBeat. NTT uh, similar stressed the need to protect customers, partners, and staff, according to Reuters. Vivo, citing concerns with the health and safety of its employees in public, is withdrawing the, the, the debut of its new Apex 2020 concept phone from MWC. Revised plans will issue will be issued soon according to the company. Sony has been closely monitoring the evolving situation involving the, the novel uh, Corona uh, virus outbreak, which has declared a global emergency by the World Health Organization on January 30th of 2020. Uh, Sony says that says in a statement posted to its website on Monday, it says, as we place the utmost importance on the safety and well-being of our customers, partners, media, and employees, we have taken a difficult decision to withdraw from exhibits exhibiting um, and participating in MWC 2020 in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, you know, this is terrible. Uh, honestly, this is terrible. This is, like I said before, we, we you know, this um, even is affecting uh, events like this. And yeah, um, I don't know. You know, this is uh, this is a big this is a really big hit to M- MWC. But, you know, again, I'm, I, I, I think it's more important, just like it said, like the, the um, article says, out of respect. And, and I mean, out of the concern for safety and health um, of the employees, staff and even people that are doing the doing these, uh, you know, presentations. Uh, it's best to err on the safe side and just, 
you know, and, and, and I'm sure they can do online events and announcements. You know, I've seen it done in the, in the video game industry. Even, you know, we used to have, uh, we usually have like every year we have E3, which is, um, the video game, um, like the video game press conference where they, you know, all the big companies come together and just recently they're, they're going to be making changes, not because of the, the virus outbreak, but simply because, you know, it costs money to hold these huge events, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, this here, yeah, this is, it's, it's kind of, you know, it says it does not impact. It said any other M MWC uh, 2020 activities planned for the company and TCL will still announce its latest mobile device and showcase them at its booth. So, yeah. What do you guys think? I, I think, you know, um, honestly, it, it, it's going to things like this have an effect uh, a lot of ways. You know, um, you got to have media media there and media you know they're taking a big risk um of reporting the news and getting the news out you know if it's just for news so anyways i just thought i mentioned that um i it's, it's pretty sad either way I, I pray that they really get this under control because this is this like i said i i, I keep watching this myself just like i'm sure some of you are um and how how this is spreading hopefully this is not going to Hopefully they can get this under control real soon. You know, I'll just leave it at that. And so what do you guys think about that? Are you one that normally goes to these events? And and what do you guys think about it? So just let me know in the comment section. But um, tell me in the meantime, you know, just stay prayerful and, and keep yourselves and others healthy. Hey, so we're continuing on in our um, studies or our uh, notable people in African-American history, um, being that February is uh, Black History Month. I wanted to um, periodically highlight um, individuals that made achievements or even people in our history that maybe we don't know about. So one of the um, people that I ran across um, and all the information that I'm getting, you can find either online, of course, or Wikipedia. Um, this one individual that I wanted to kind of highlight this time is a individual by the name of Arna Wendell Bontemp. And um, he uh, was born October 13th of 1902 um, and um, died June 4th of 1973. He was uh, an American poet, a novelist and librarian and a noted member of the Harlem Renaissance. Um, so before the publication of Hope in the Crisis magazine, Bon Temp studied at a Seventh-day Adventist institution named the Pacific Union College in Napa, California. He changed his major and graduated in 1923. Following his graduation, Bon Temp met, met and befriended the author Wallace Thurman of Fire. Now, Wallace Thurman, of course, um, according to this, he was also probably a, a novelist as well um, and wrote a book called Fire. Um, well, Fire it's a magazine at, in his job at a Los Angeles post office. Okay, so Bon Temp later traveled to New York City where he settled and became um, part of the Harlem Renaissance. At the age of 22, uh, Bon Temp published his first poem, 
which is entitled Hope, originally called a record of the darker races. In 19, in uh, August of 1924, in, in the Crisis magazine of the NAACP, Bontemp depicted Hope as an empty bark drifting meaninglessly, meaninglessly with no purpose, referred, referring to his confusion about his career. Bontemp, along with many other West Coast intellectuals, traveled to New York during the Harlem Renaissance. After graduation, he moved to New York and to and uh, to teach at the Harlem Academy in 1924. The Harlem Academy is the present day Northeastern Academy in New York City. While he was teaching, Bontemp continued a publish to publish poetry. In both 1926 and 1927, he received the Alexander Pushkin uh, Prize of Opportunity, a National Urban League published journal. In 1926, he won the Crisis Poetry Prize, which was an official journal journal of the NAACP. In New York, Bontemps Bontemps met with met other writers who became lifelong friends, including County Cullen, Langston Hughes, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, Zora Neale Hurston, James Weldon Johnson, Claude McKay, Gene Toomer, and uh, Gene Toomer. Hughes became a role model collaborate, collaborator and dear friend to Bontemp. Bontemp married in 1926 to Alberta Johnson, with whom he had six children, from oldest to the youngest, there, Joan, Joanne, Paul, Poppy, Camille, Connie, and Alex. In 1931, he left New York and his teaching position at Harlem Academy as a Great Depression as the Great Depression deepened. He and his family moved to Huntsville, Alabama, where he had a teaching position at the Oakwood Junior College for three years. In 19 in the early 1930s, Bontemp began to publish fiction in addition to more poetry. He received a considerable amount of attention for his first novel, God Sends Sunday, in 1931. This novel explored the story of an African-American jockey named Little Augie who easily earns money and carelessly squanders it. Little Augie ends up uh, wandering through the black sporting world when his luck as a jockey eventually runs out. Bontemp has, was praised uh, for his poetic style, his recreation of the black language, and his distinguishing characters throughout th- this novel. However, despite of the abundant amount of praise, W.E.B.D.E.B., I'm sorry, W.E.B. Du Bois viewed it as sordid and equated it with other decadent novels of the Harlem Renaissance. Later in his years or his career, Bontemps collaborated uh, collaborated with County Cullen to create a dramatic adaption of the novel. Together in uh, 1946, they published this adaption as St. Louis Woman. Bontemps also began to write several children's books. In 1932, he collaborated with Langston Hughes and wrote Popo and, and Fifinina, or Fifina. This story followed 
the lives of two siblings, of siblings Popo and Fafina, in an easy-to-understand introduction to Haitian life for children. Bontemps continued writing children's novels and published You Can't Pet a Possum in 1934, which followed a story of a boy and his pet pet dog living in a rural part of Alabama. During the early 1930s, African-American writers and intellectuals were not welcome in northern Alabama. Just 30 miles from Huntsville and, and Decatur, the Scottsboro boys uh, were being tried in court. During this time, Bo Temps had many friends visit and stay with him while they were they came to Alabama to protest this trial. The school administration was worried about his many out-of-state visitors. In later years, Botemps said that the administration at Oakwood Junior College had demanded he burned many of his private books and demonstrate that he had given up radical politics. Botemps or Bontemps, excuse me, refused to do so. He resigned from his teaching position and returned to, with his family to California in 1934. In 1936, Bontemps published what is considered as some of his best work, Black Thunder. This novel recounts the tale of a rebellion that took place in the 1800s near Richmond, Virginia, led by Gabrielle Prosser, an uneducated field worker and coachman. It shares Prosser's, or Prosser's attempted plan to conduct a slave army to raid and an armory in Richmond and also and once armed with weapons defend themselves against any assailants a fellow slave betrayed processor or processor causing the rebellion to be shut down processor was captured by whites and lynched in Botemps version whites were compelled to admit that slaves were humans who had possibilities of a promising life. Black Thunder received many extraordinary reviews by both African American and mainstream journals. For example, the Saturday Review of Literature. Despite these rave reviews, Bond Temps did not earn enough for sales of a novel to support his family in Chicago, where he had made moved uh, where he had moved shortly before his published and nov- published the novel, he briefly taught in Chicago at the Shiloh Academy, but did not stay long, leaving for a job with the WPA Illinois Writers Project. The WPA had writers working on his- histories of states and major cities. In 1938, following the publication of children's books. Children's book Sad Face Boy in 1937, Bon Temps uh, was granted a Rosenwald Fellowship to work on his novel Drums at Dis in 1939. This was based on Toussaint uh, Le Overture's Slave Rebellion in St. Domingue, Dominguez, which became the Independent Republic of Haiti. Haiti. This book was more widely recognized than the other novels. Some critics viewed the plot as overdramatic, while others condemned its characteristic characteri- characterizations. Bon Temps struggled 
to make enough from his book to support his family. However, more important, he gained little acknowledgement for his work despite being a prolific writer. This caused him to become discouraged as an African-American writer of his time. He started to believe that it was futile for him to attempt to address his writing to his own generation. So he chose to focus his serious writing on younger and more progressive audience. Bon Temps met Jack Conroy on the Illinois Writers Project, and in collaboration, they wrote The Faster uh, Sooner Hound in 1942. This was a children's story about a hound, hound dog uh, sooner who races and outruns trains. Embarrassed about this, the roadmaster puts him against the fastest running train, uh, fastest train in the cannonball. Bontemps returned to to graduate uh, school and earned a master's degree in library science from the University of Chicago back in 1943. Bontemps was appointed as head librarian at Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. During During his time there, he developed important collections and archives of African American literature and culture. Namely, the Langston Hughes Renaissance Collection. Collection. He was initiated as a member of the Zeta Row chapter of Phi Mu Alpha Sinfonia fraternity at Fisk in 1954. Bontemps served as Fisk uh, at Fisk until 1964, and will continue to return occasionally. After retiring from Fisk University in 1966, Bontemps worked at University of Illinois. He later moved to Yale, where he served as a curator of the James Weldon Johnson collection. During this time, Bontemps published numerous novels um, varying in in genre. Slappy Hooper in 1946, Sam Patch in 1951 were two children's books that he co-wrote with John Con- Jack Conroy. Individually, he published Lonesome Boy and Mr. Kelso's Lion in 1970, two other children's books. Simultaneously, he was writing pieces uh, targeted for teenagers, including biographies of George Washington Car- Carver, Frederick Douglass, and Booker T. Washington. His other pieces of this time were Golden Slippers, 1941, Story of the Negro in 1948, Chariots in the Sky, 1951, and Famous Negro Athletes in 1964. Critics highly praised his story of the Negro, which received a Jane Addams Children's Book Award and and was a Newberry Honor Honor Book. So as we continue on here, um, he he makes a lot of notable um, articles and writings and poetry and just a, a lot of novels that uh, is under him his um, his time as he wrote. Um, he eventually died in ninth in uh, June fourth of nineteen seventy three at his home in Nashville from a I guess from it says my my 
myocardial infarction while working on his collection of short fiction in old in the old south of 1973 it says bond temp was buried in greenwood cemetery in nashville uh, tennessee so it's very interesting about this this man here he um was really responsible for a lots of lots of uh, books a lots of literature, um, a lot of children's writing. So um, if you ever want to go to the library, look him up. He says he's under um, uh, his, let's see, his first, his full name again was Arna, Arna Bar, Bon Temps. So if you're ever into the library looking for some great African-American literature, look him, look him up. Um, he's done a lot of n- notable um, books here. There's um, a few of them that is named um, the, They Seek a City. Uh, it's, it was written in 1945. Um, also, let's see here, uh, 100 ne- Years of Negro Freedom in 1961. Um, Great Slave Narratives in 1969. Harlem Renaissance Remembered in 1972. Um, American Negro Poetry in 1963. Um, he compiled a his poetry of personals, it says in 1963 as well. And of course, you want to, um, one of his most, um, notable ones is Black Thunder, um, which was republished according to this in 1968. So yeah, it sounds like he has a ton of, of things. And then they also, he was responsible for writing some biographies as well, um, targeted for teenagers. So you'll find a lot of his, his, um, I guess his more notable writings um, when it comes to um, just regular African-American novels, but also novels for children as well. So uh, just remember, um, he did, um, I guess there was a book called Slappy Hooper in 1946, Sam Patch in 1951. And so um, it's kind of a lot of stuff that I was reading here. Uh, Mr. Kelso's Lion in 1970, two other children's books, it says. So he has... um, just looks like a, a quite a bit of um, of of um, just a, quite a bit of things that he's done um, throughout history. So I think that's um, he's a pretty good um, person that I, I usually like to pick people that are not as well known. And um, again, I, and just to kind of make them known throughout our history and, and achievements that, you know, they've contributed to American history. So remember that he's um, a gentleman that is an African-American gentleman, and he did a, ri- a lot of writings for Haitian people as well. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. So when you get a chance, look him up, look him up through Wikipedia as well. But if you ever want to, if you're a big time reader and looking for some great African-American books, um, look him up as the author, Arna Bontemps. Um, I think he's um, another um, person that I wanted to highlight in our African-American, African-American series and in the Black History Month. 